The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. In the midst of everything else we're doing, we're trying to plan domestic adventures. We're trying <laughs> In the to midst actually of everything we're doing. Yes, exactly. It's, you it's, make it sound so easy. It's the shooting season two stuff. We did some fast blast shooting this weekend. Yeah. Here we are podcasting again. The podcast is moving to podcast. I'm trying to do the quick sum up, and it's already starting to make my brain hurt. <laughs> I know but you are. We're trying to add a couple of domestic adventures. So if you can't join us on pilgrimage this year, which there's still space available, hopefully you'll be able to join us. They're going to probably both be October. We're going to hopefully do something mm-hmm. close to the West Coast, something close to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have uh, just a chance to meet a lot of you and get on tracks with you. So that's what we're working on. So know that we keep saying it because it really is on a burner, but it's like a 15-burner stove at this point, I think. <laughs> 15 burners back in addition to everything else. No, but the point here is definitely pilgrimage. That is the granddaddy trip. We definitely sure. want you on that trip yeah, with yeah, us yeah. because it is a full track day at the ring, mm-hmm. at spa, two separate days. Yep. And this isn't just Tourist and Farton, as you've said before. This true, is not just true, true. dabble around a few yeah, laps. Yeah. Your brain is going to be full of information. <laughs> You're going to be hurting. Absolutely. And at some point, you might think, you know what? I'm done for the day. I've had enough laps. We had a couple people last year that actually mm-hmm. left left miles on the table, if you will, because they were like, yeah. you know what? I'm good. They had that experience that you yeah. and I joke about skiing, where you go, <laughs> I'm going to do last run of the day. And then you go, no, 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 it's not, because last run of the day is always when you fall. That's right. That's when you so hurt you never speak about last run of the day. And right. We had a couple guys last year that were like, you know, I've had an amazing time, and I feel like if I go out one more time, it might go wrong. So yeah. they just didn't. But yeah, the coolest thing actually about the way we get to do these track days is just now. I just now thought of this: is the the straight. When you and I went the, the first time, we did Tristan Farton. Oh, we have yes. to come in after every lap. Oh, right, right, right. There is the long straight there that is open that you can hit every bit of 260 kilometers an hour in a fast enough car. I hit uh, 265, I think, last year, and we did 255, 260 in the yeah. M235i. That's a bumpy straightaway, that's, by the way. And that's the thing. You would never know it playing a video game. Mm-hmm. You would never know how bumpy it is. And you don't get to hoon your way down that straight unless you go to a track day. That was one right, of the biggest right. surprises for me last year, since we hadn't done it yet, to come around that last corner, to go on, you know, you bridge to gantry is how everybody measures it. Right. Come around right. that last corner and you see the Audi gantry. You go through the Audi gantry with your foot still on the floor and you get Flat. left side and you just see how fast can I go while you're thundering down the straight, being <laughs> shaken all over the car, by the way. No. Yeah. <laughs> We hope that excites you, and like uh, like we said, we want you there. So go to the website, that is everydaydriver.com slash adventures for all the information. Has our early bird season, our early bird We've still got a week of it. Ended? That's the thing. We've still, we, we extended it a week. Okay, so, so one more week. you can still get the early, early bird pricing right now. Yep. That's right. Before our prices go up a little bit, and therefore we have to translate that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Get in on it now, and we'd love to have you along. So go check that out. Couple of great car debates, guys. Yeah, this really is going to cool. be a lot of fun. We've got Mark S. up in Fishkill, New York, mm-hmm. who is a new fan of the podcast and discovered the show as well, uh, in particular. And he even got his fiance to sit down and watch the Icon film. Mm-hmm. Hello, fiance. I'm Seriously. sure you'll be listening to the podcast and the debate when we get into it here. And we've also got Curtis out in Atlanta. We definitely have ties to Atlanta with some few friends out there. Definitely, and, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the Porsche driving school is out there, too. Yeah, there is that while you're, t- while you're out bringing at the airport. Point. Mm-hmm. You know, on takeoff, at the end of the airport is where the Porsche driving school is, and it's even painted into the tarmac. Of course it so is. So you take off and you bank left. Of course it is. Oh, there it oh, is. Oh, Porsche. Oh, I'm leaving Atlanta. Why am I leaving Atlanta? Why don't we turn the plane around Be- so I can go do that? Because it's hot, Atlanta. <laughs> and you and you know and you know the joke. The Atlanta yes. airport is so busy that when you die, you get routed through Atlanta. So it's true. we will all be there eventually. Yes, that's true. But before we jump into those debates, we've got a couple of things to chat about here, and yeah. it's all electric car related. Mm-hmm. It seems like we talk about Tesla a lot, but you know, but they're in the news a lot. Much. They are. I, I think feel like are. the reason we talk about them a lot is because they are in the car world. They are the brand that bri- that branches out of cars into general consciousness as far as what's going on in the news. Mm-hmm. The average yeah. person didn't even know the Chevy Bolt existed, okay? But they know a Model 3 is coming. 
Until you get picked up by a lift in a bolt. True, true, true. If you even pay attention, though. Right. But, I mean, that's the thing. It's the thing that the average non-car person hears about is all the Tesla stuff. And so you and I are looking at it both because it's big news and also just because we're, we're thinking about it with our car-addled brains. But Tesla's addled. been in the news in the last Good word week choice. to 10. I try. The week, does, that, <laughs> does it ever be on the coffee mug with proclivity and everything else? Could be. That mug is coming, by the way. It's frightening. <laughs> yes, it, it, it I, I've, I've seen mock-ups of it. It's going to be amazing. But uh, I don't drink coffee, and I might just start. I mean, but, um, words we don't use in everyday but speech. The, but they very co- often. I do, but my, my son does now. People, people look at my son when he talks and go, and go what, where did you get that vocabulary? And it's because I was this is true, unable, I was this is unable true. to do baby talk to my son. So what I ended up doing... Which I'm fine with, by the way. But what I'm I ended up doing perfectly fine was I would talk along and I would just use some weird word like addled. Okay, I would use Festoon, some... Festoon, kumquat, these are the and <laughs> what else? Kumquat is one of the ones you've given me that I don't actually use. But festooned <laughs> is a fantastic word that does not get used enough. It doesn't. But, but I would just use some word. Let's just say festooned. Like, like son... You have you have festooned your toy with Cheeto dust, and he would be like, "Dad, what's festooned?" And I realized I did just use that word in front of a four year old at night. And then you explain okay, it, let me explain and it. Then it comes right back out and of his then mouth. Wait six months, and he'll yeah. use festooned, and somebody look at him like, "Who is your father?" And then <laughs> then they beat me, and they go, "Oh, that's that's the problem it's that you, you that's it. the problem that he is saddled with is is having me as a dad. <laughs> that will not always it's not be good. a problem. You're but a great no, dad for the last ten days or so." Uh, Tesla's been in the news a lot, but what, what you and I were talking about recently is they've been in the news, I feel like, on the other side of the coin from what they've had to this point. In general, I feel like the press, by and large, has given them a, Tesla is amazing. There have been the people on the other side of the coin, mm-hmm. but in the uh-huh. last 10, we- 10 days or so, 10 days to a week, everybody has jumped on the opposite bandwagon of, well, party's over at Tesla yeah, which is I, especially financial service firms that I feel like are trying to short the stock for their own benefit, to be honest. There's no reason to say, oh, it's going to plummet to half its value. Come on. They're well, delivering it, cars. But, but but here's the thing on the other end of the spectrum. And I'm no financial analyst. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> but here's a car- Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but but here's the other part of that. that I feel like it's either hot or cold with them as far as press is concerned. They're either the greatest thing ever or it's all about to burn. And it is because it's a volatile <laughs> yeah. reality. And you and I yeah. have talked about how volatile it is. And we've talked about both sides of the coin for sure. But I just find it interesting that because they they had a uh, low number of deliveries or something, because they had a crash test they didn't get perfect scores on, which, welcome to reality of car making, that happens. And bec- But the Model 3, I know this is something you wanted to talk about, the Model 3 first one just got delivered, mm-hmm. but I even read somewhere where they were like, well, okay, yeah, for the first time ever, Tesla has actually met, which is true, actually met their estimates on when the car would be delivered. But then the next sentence was, though we're not sure if 30 cars counts as mass production, which is a fair <laughs> question. Yeah. So all, of the, all sides are happening to Tesla, I feel like, for the first time in the press. It's funny because I keep relating Elon to Robert Downey Jr.'s character, Tony Stark, in the Iron Man film. You've he, got to run before you can walk. He he likes that comparison, by the way. He I'm sure he does. Many times. He was in the second film, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But I I liken him to that because he's got so many irons in the fire. I mean, project after project, and you think, you know, what if you didn't have Solar City? What if you weren't boring tunnels underneath Los Angeles? That's the one that what shocks if you me didn't the most. Do the hyperloop, yeah. and you focused all that other energy that you're doing and building the power plant, the battery manufacturing plant in Australia now and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Actually, why don't you just focus and laser focus that energy onto producing cars. 400,000 cars. That you claim because he does overpromise and underdeliver and everybody is still fine with it. (laughs) We're all fine with it because we're just waiting to see the next cool thing. Because he's a big idea guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's proven to be able to execute a lot of those ideas, which is so impressive. And so then people believe him and the stock price is now based on what he says because True. he's been yeah. able to deliver. Yeah. And then when he under delivers like this, yeah, it's in production. And for how many pre-orders? 400,000 pre-orders? 400,000, yes. They're saying, they're saying, I think it was like 
one cars one cars out now. Uh, thirty cars by like the end of the month. And well, those thirty are going to people at Tesla, like executives and yeah. investors. And yeah, yeah. Those aren't going to people who ordered the car. You're think, still two to three years out. I think that's if what you're you call three hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. <laughs> buy another car between now. Your lease will be up on the car you lease today <laughs> exactly. by the time you get your Model Three. You're absolutely. right. You're absolutely right. Just don't hold your breath yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. But I love that they're pushing forward. Mm-hmm. I love that it's actually in production. I love that it's it's out there. And I do like this 30 cars thing mm-hmm. because this is the beta testing. They're actually beta testing their own executives. Yeah, they are. Well, it's, and they're going to tweak it. Ooh, we didn't quite get that panel gap right. Mm-hmm. Can we just take your car back? This is what we'll they refer to as a soft open in other industries. They're having a soft open <laughs> exactly. of the Tesla Model 3. Yeah. <laughs> So here we go. I mean, I love they're being delivered. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of photos all over the internet. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I saw the production Model 3 on the road. We're hoping to get into mm-hmm. it very soon. Yes, we're working Include on Include one of sure. those in television season two. Yes, that's on our, that is that's, on our that's extreme what you and I were talking short about. list for season two. Uh, is getting the Model 3 in and getting the comparison stuff done. We do want to put it with the Bolt, which I realize sounds obvious, but we're as curious as you are for back-to-back of those two cars. And, you know, the discussion, of course, has been that the Model S is still going to be the flagship model. So they're not even trying to usurp the Model S, but, of course, this is the quote-unquote, you can't see my air quotes, but they are enormous, affordable one. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, thirty-five grand for the four wheels and a board variation <laughs> the one you're going to want. All I can I, afford is a board. I'm telling you, the, the one you're going to want, I'm fully sure, is going to be 55 to 60. The one you want is going to be that. Aye, aye, aye. I'm calling it now in uh, about six months to a year's time Okay. from now. Okay. If you fly into SFO or San Jose Airport and you order up an Uber or a Lyft on your phone, okay. it's going to be a Model 3 and nothing else. Mm, maybe. The one guy who drives a Maxima is going to be left out and bummed. <laughs> and place his order, or we'll hopefully see. it'll be coming. We'll see. It's going to be a parade yeah. of Model 3s Probably. coming through both those airports in the Bay Area. Probably. Probably Oakland, too. Yeah. Name another nearby airport. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking the, the ride. That is the ride-sharing car, just like the Bolt is positioned that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. I see that. I just And, yeah, there's going to be private owners owning these, too. But yeah. then, having bought that, they'll think, huh, what if I decided to earn some extra cash by driving for Uber or Lyft with yeah. this car now? Yeah. I bet you it's coming. That's an interesting point. We'll see. We'll see. Call so that, it now. That's happening. Hey, the car is out there, though. I mean, I, I honestly have to do a hat tip because I am shocked, honestly shocked, they delivered any cars this quick. Pun that, intended? No, what, no, not pun not intended. I'm genuinely surprised. Is that is that cleaner? That they, <laughs> that they delivered any cars this quick? Because I didn't Water's think they turned around this quick. But it is the 400,000 figure that is lingering. That is an enormous reality here. It is. Um, yeah. And the stock is now suddenly volatile because some people seem to believe that Volvo is now making a Model S killer. Not happening, if you've heard our podcast prior. <laughs> exactly. But uh, anyway, it's there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in that world. No kidding. All right, jumping right into the debates here. As we said before, we've got Mark S. way up in New York, Fishkill, mm-hmm. New York here. Yep. And thank you for joining, Mark. Thank you for finding us and discovering us. And and uh, the first piece was the Audi S3 versus the BMW M235i piece. Yep, yep. And uh, he got his fiance to sit down for the Icon film. And uh, I think and that's the only one And so she far. didn't fall asleep, which yeah. is actually, uh, I consider that a victory. <laughs> because cause let's be <laughs> exactly. honest. If you don't like cars and you sit down to watch one of our feature films, we don't talk about anything but cars. It's I mean, cars. You think, you think the you. podcast is car centric? <laughs> you watch one of our generations of something. Welcome, buckle in. We're going to talk about that car. No kidding. We should ship seatbelts with every rental or download of the movie. Just yeah, so that, can, that like, sounds like a cheap add-on. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Uh huh. <laughs> All right. So he is uh, really considering a lot here because he is, um, I'll say, at a loss at what to do with his current car situation, and. Trying to be concise here, which I love, even though it's a couple of scrolls, no problem, no problem. <laughs> so here, starting at the beginning, his first car was an 01 Honda Civic Coupe. He drove mm-hmm. from 04 to 08. In the past nine years, he's had an 08 Volkswagen GTI six-speed manual that he's been driving around. Yeah. But then he upgraded that to Earlier a car this that year, he yeah. thought would be the next step and the, yeah. you know, the genuine enthusiast step. And even though we've recommended this car to a few people, well, but hang on. He he upgraded it because he felt like I'm 30. Yeah. I need a car that's a little nicer, make a little more money. I mean, you're right. That was it the wasn't thinking just here. dynamics. It was like I'll upgrade a crossboard. It'll be dynamics. It'll be more adult. It'll be awesome. I'm gonna get this car. Right. I've got real job, real mm-hmm. income, real life, all that kind of stuff. And then 
you know, Audi positions themselves that way in the commercials. Yep. yep. He bought himself the A4 S-Line, Audi A4 S-Line, and of course it's automatic, and he got a pretty good deal on it. He actually found a used one. He got a pretty good deal on it. Yeah. 2014. So well done on your shopping there. You said you got it for just over 40 I mean, just over 20K, and that's a car that is every bit of 40. So I'm impressed. Uh, and he thought, okay, this is the nice step up. I'm going to like this more than the GTI. And he has realized, sadly, that he just flat out doesn't. Hmm. Yeah, he's really missing the GTI. And it's a case of... He didn't know what he had until he let it go. Oh, sure. You don't know what yeah. you got until it's gone kind yeah. of thing. That you love the GTI, love the dynamics, as we do. I relate to this so much. You and, you've already been laughing at me about this <laughs> because, okay. yes, I have my FRS for sale. But there's this little nagging voice in the back of my head that says the following. If it doesn't go pretty soon, I'm just going to pull the ad down and keep it. Because I'm having this. fun. You've I'm having plenty of fun. Yeah. I mean, you love we the have car. A, you look back at it. We have a limited drive time this year. And at some point, I have to make the winter decision. I realize many of you are thinking, it's middle of the summer. What are you talking about? But the, if We're you already saw, chopping firewood here. If you Utah, saw our calendar, if you saw our calendar, <laughs> I'm going to blink and it's going to be the end of October and snow is going to fall. So there's yeah. a part of me that's just going, I really like this car. And I am, as weird as it sounds, because I am talking about a $20,000 $25,000 new FRS, for God's sakes. But there's a part of me that is actually concerned about getting into something else that I realize should have kept the FRS. Hmm. So I've, I, hmm. I relate to this conversation. I, it, it may still go. I may still get something okay. else. But it's been weird. It was weird to read this e- email and be like, huh. Well, then I'm curious as to what you're going to tell him as far yeah, as uh, what you're going to tell Mark because you're relating really closely to this. Yeah, for sure. All right, so we'll continue here. He's loving the Audi. Mark loves the Audi. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's beautiful, comfortable, refined, quick. The steering is numb. There's a dead (laughs) spot on center that he's noticed. And he doesn't even want to go drive the car hard, and he misses the manual transmission of the GTI. Yeah. So what he did was go to APR. He got a Stage 1 APR tune Mm -hmm. up to 284 horsepower and 338 torques. Yeah. At least that's what claimed. And he says now the acceleration is great, better than GTIs, of course. Of course it is. Better yeah. be if you're yeah, spending that of kind of money. But it didn't solve the driving feel issues here. It didn't solve what he was looking to do. The, the, but this is the common tuning problem. And, and I am not, I'm honestly not throwing shade at APR's tune. I, I, oh, no, they're talks excellent, it up. excellent products. But the thing is, when people typically don't like the dynamics of a car, there is this misconception. You know what I should do? I should chip tune it. And then I'm going to love the dynamics. No, no. Now it's just faster. Right. If it was a boat prior, now it's just a faster boat. I mean, it's really all you've done with a chip tune. You know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. in the case of uh, – sorry, I'm hitting on the FRS again. In the case of the FRS, the car didn't become powerful because I got a chip tune, but the car's party trick wasn't ever its power anyway. No, you but know, you so have you, remarked so many oh, times. Oh, it's so much better. It's so much I better. I love driving this. I can get out of the hole. I can maintain True. my no, speed. No, no. Blah. But I guess stuff. what I'm saying is I do find it funny when people have a car that they don't find dynamically involving and they make it faster and then surprise is not more dynamically involving. And I, and I say that because that's kind of how these chip tunes are positioned. Don't like your car enough? Get a chip tune. You're going to love it. <laughs> well, but it'll be faster. It'll be faster. But if that's dynamics. not what you were looking for as a driver, we didn't help you. It'll be faster body roll. Wait, no. <laughs> don't. don't I, do I came at that corner I don't like even quicker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Your brake's terrible? Get a chip tune. Wait, Wait. no. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Why didn't that help? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Mark gives us a few choices here. He's come up with essentially three scenarios. Mm-hmm. First off is get a second car. Keep the Audi. Yeah. And go have fun with a second car. Because it's his commute car. Because of the commute. So he mentions that his commute is stoplights and traffic, which, okay, we can see the automatic in that case. And the A4 is a great place to be for that. It's an excellent it's a great place. place to be for that. I mean, get the radio on. You're listening to the Everyday Driver podcast, the Car Debate podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Hanging along you and stopping uh-huh. in traffic. You like that? And, of course, you know, it's it's just an uh, easygoing kind of car to, to live with in that commute, sure. even though you've Absolutely. got a lot of horsepower. So that means you can yeah. get around everybody from stoplight to stoplight. Well, and when there's that tiny little hole, you can put the A4 in that hole That's really true. quickly. There it goes. That's true. All right. So if he does this, it's going to be lower budget, of course. So ten to 15000 Got to be reliable, affordable car. there. Yeah. He's stretching his budget to do this, but it would... It's essentially, this is the scratch the itch option. Mm-hmm. Number one is... Yep. Does it itch? Let's go scratch it. Throw money at it. <laughs> Water almost came out your nose. All right. So 
at the at the top of the list for this category here is the Fiesta ST. Yeah, that's I mean, that's what he's looking at. He's going. Let's go Fiesta get it. STs. Yeah. Uh huh. So somebody who's underwater on their load is grinding their teeth right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. But that's the car that he has really targeted as I could get one of those. I do think yeah. the justification here that he lists for why I should get one of those is. Quite hysterical. Comical? Funny? Yes. Hysterical. Because he said, you know, I, if I do this, buy this extra car, I could get a Fiesta ST, and then you know what I could do? <laughs> I could actually sign up for Uber, and I could actually make some money, and, and then the fact that it's a four-door car. Nobody has ever justified <laughs> their car, their fun car purchase via Uber. I like what you're doing. I see where you're going. Because fiance to please. See where you're going. No, honey, really, I'm going to use this car. You're going to use that car, but it's not going to be any fun doing Uber with that. What's your local airport, Mark? You're going to be hanging around the airport a lot yeah. if you do this. All right. And, and the Fiesta ST, let's be honest, is is very small in the back. <laughs> I don't think if my Uber you car pulled up, up to the this? exactly, I don't think my Uber car pulled up to the curb at the airport. I'm going to be happy it's a Fiesta ST, and I love Fiesta STs. <laughs> Only if you can drive. But exactly, <gasps> that's a competitive that's, company to Uber and Lyft. There you go. We pull up, we let you drive. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It, I've cracked it's called, it. It's called Hoon. That's what it's called. <laughs> that's it. The company is called Hoon. It's Uber, but they bring you the car and then they slide over to the passenger side and hang on. This is it. The, do you remember the download story? the Hoon app? Hoon.com. <laughs> Uh, do you remember the story years ago? And you can scroll through all the car You toys. can stroll, you pick your car. Aventador. Yeah. Nah. And then, actually, there's the other thing. We're building an entire app somewhere. Our friend Justin in San Francisco is actually furiously coding this app as we speak. <laughs> already but, doing but, it. But you're right. The prices would change based on the car you pull up. Yeah. It's not just here's the trip, the journey. It's the journey in the Lamborghini I get to drive versus the journey in the Fiesta. This is a whole market segment. We've cracked I, it. I kind of want to go silent on the podcast right now and call people that code. Justin, anyway, are you listening? Yeah, Can seriously, call this? us, please. Uh, no, but I do like that. That's frightening. But but back, <laughs> back to the reality of it. I love the Fiesta ST, but if my Uber driver pulled up the Fiesta ST, I'd try to figure out where my luggage goes and – can I find enough room in the back if I slide the seat forward and if I sit in the front? Isn't it still tight? And are my bags in the back? That's not a good Uber car. It's not. Big cargo rack on the top, maybe? Yeah. And a ladder? A step ladder. <laughs> and a ladder. Perfect. So you can just put all your stuff up top. You just squishes the suspension into the earth. So if he gets his Fiesta <gasps> Lower ST. Lower center of gravity. There you well, go. maybe not. He gets, his stuff Fiesta, <laughs> he gets his Fiesta ST, and he is the, the founding, mem- founding member of the Hoon app. That it works. I just pull up my Hoon.com app and uh, go ahead and order me up, uh, what, Alpha Quadrifolio. Exactly. Uh, BMW exactly. M3. I've never driven that. I want to drive that. I want to drive that terribly badly and then hand them back the smoking tires. And thank <laughs> exactly. you. Yeah. Sorry about your brakes, We are dude. so far off topic at this point, aye, aye, I can aye. barely but see the, ideas, the email. Well, the bad ideas keep coming. Yeah. All right, so number two, second choice here is sell that Audi, mm-hmm. sell said Audi, and buy an all-rounder. Yeah. So something that will do it all, that scratches the itch, still pleases the fiancé, they can go to dinner, have road trips. It still fly. seems like an adult commute car, yeah. but yet is still more fun than the A4. And I think the A4 has done everything but be dynamic. It clearly is a nice place to be. It seems like an adult car. He likes owning it, except for the fact that he's just like, where is the dynamic car that that lets me feel like I am an enthusiast driver? That part's not there. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. can we solve that? Can we solve all of it? All the stuff the Audi does well and the extra stuff it doesn't do well. Can we do all of it? Which is a challenge. That is number two. Uh, number, Number three is essentially to mod this A4 until he likes it. That's kind of the short version of number Tuning three. Tuning out of class. Yes. I I'm gonna, I am personally, because I think Paul's going to back my play, I have to kill that one right now, Mark. I'm with you. I I'm just, just throwing I, that one right out. I think, you know, you're, you're talking about even trying to, can you, are there tunes to alter the electric steering for the stop? Stop. Yeah. Because if the car isn't... It, Tuning out of class is the thing that Matt Farah coined, and we fully agree with it. But it, it's just the fact of you're trying trying to tune a car to do the thing it isn't that isn't its strong suit to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's difficult and typically costly, and then you don't get your money back out of it. Mm-hmm. The guys with supercharged 250 horsepower FRSs are not getting their supercharger money back out of it unless they peel it off the car. Yeah, and you even know? then, still difficult to just yeah. piecemeal it out. So it's. Yeah, do do not tune this car in hopes. That's the other thing about it is it's not like you are looking at your A4 and going, here's my plan. I'm going to turn this into a race. And you know exactly what you want to make it into. You kind of want to see if you can tune it until you love it. That's not good. That's not good. 
Agreed. Agreed. That's that's untested, and you're you're in for a lot of money spent that you can't yes. justify, and yes. may never work. I agree, and and you won't get your money back out. That's no. the other thing. I mean, even with the APR tune as it is, mm-hmm. you've already spent some money on this car. Mm-hmm. Even if you were to sell it outright right now, let's say you did this option number two and you sold the Audi, you got a screaming deal on it. You're not getting your money back out of it now, mm, and you fair. kind of like it for commute. I think yeah. that's inherent in the email here. He kind of likes I agree. the A4. No, I think it's fine for that. And so in this second choice here, if we were to do this, mm-hmm. he suggests the Audi S3, only if it came in six-speed, <laughs> M235i, a Mark 7, so the latest gen GTI. Yeah. His fiance thinks he's too grown up for a golf. Mm-hmm. We don't think so, but you know, Todd over here drives an orange teenager's car. I do, I do, because I am I, I am less than a teenager. I have the the mental uh, outgo of uh, outlook of about a ten year old, and I have to drive a big orange car. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, onward. Golf R, and finally E46 M3. So this would be the all round. This was the sell the Audi and try yeah. to get one other car that I love category. Right. And I get that. I I do have to stop real quick. Hello, fiance, and say um, two. Too grown up for the golf. Um, no, no, no. I'm sorry, and I will also say this honestly, Mark. If your concern with conversations with your fiance is that you're too grown up for the golf, there is no way you can justify that Fiesta ST. Very true. The Fiesta ST, very true, is a child's car. Is that why he's trying to throw the Uber Lyft driving maybe thing but, in but, there? But there's, I'm sorry, but. The guy that climbs out of a GTI <laughs> looks like the classy Uber executive compared to the guy that climbs out of the Fiesta ST. Sure. And I love sure. both cars. And I would say anybody of any age should drive one and would love it. Absolutely. But the Fiesta ST is a child's play car. It really is. And I am that child. But there is no way. If, you, if, you're, if, you, if the GTI isn't grown up enough for you, the Fiesta ST is a frat party. <laughs> okay, it's just there's no chance. I mean, Corvettes everywhere, notwithstanding. I almost like it better when old guys get out of something unique and interesting and fun and sporty. And well, because just I didn't expect you to drive that. Yeah, I just love it. Because then you know the they're end. drivers. Done. That's the thing. Yep. Then you know they are drivers. They didn't buy that exactly. car for any reason other than have you driven one of these? The dynamics are awesome. And those are the guys I want to be when I grow up, which may be never. But uh, yeah, totally. So I think if you really want another GTI. The GTI, other than the fact, yes, it has a hatchback, maybe that's a childlike shape, but that is a very classy car. I think so, too. I'm all about it. So I'm going with choice number one, and that is to keep the Audi for the Mm -hmm. commute. I don't know if it's paid for or not, Mark. You don't indicate that here or not. You've put some money into it, but I'm saying keep the Audi for now. you got a great deal on it. You've got the tune on it. It's fast, comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's the car when you do get married, apparently in September, that's the car <laughs> in which you write just married on the back window and you sure. go off on the road trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that you're buying a car or keeping a car for a specific event, but this is a big one. Yeah. I just can't see, yeah, that event in a, you know, Hoonmobile. But <laughs> putting that aside. We're leaving our wedding <laughs> sideways. It's going to be awesome in a cloud I mean, of smoke. Yeah. Ah, has anybody ever left a wedding just married in a Hellcat? Somebody's got to do this. Well, the, the Hubinettes probably sideways. left sideways in a Viper or well, something yeah. because of who they are. Or a Lamborghini yeah, anyway. or something. Oh, yeah. All right, so I'm, I'm sticking with keep the Audi and go get yourself a fun car because that fun car can come and go. Where the, the Audi Agreed. is your mainstay. Mm-hmm. It, it's in your life. It's the comfortable road trip car. It's great. It's, it's not, and now getting a fun car, you're not expecting it to do the things the fun car will. Agreed. Agreed. So leave the fun car and the scratching the itch over mm-hmm. here. Go spend the money. And if you're able, you know, insurance for two cars and that kind of thing, maybe yeah. three. Beyonce yeah. probably has a car too. So my choices, I went looking for the cheapest Cayman you could possibly get. And I found one. He's got 10 to 15 and you found a Cayman? I found a Cayman for thirteen five. You didn't. It's not an S. Oh, no. It doesn't surprise me. But in Norman, Oklahoma, right right now, there's a red 2007 Porsche Cayman for $13,500. Now, it's high miles, but it looks extremely well cared for. And the guy selling it just got another Porsche. So he's an enthusiast. Yeah. 134,000 miles. That's wow. high. That is. It is. Yeah. But well-maintained. Don't even sweat it. For thirteen five. he he'll probably take 13 and you drive away in a Cayman. That car is gone by the end of the week. 
I'm calling it now. That car's gone by the end of the week. Cheapest Cayman I could possibly that find. That is shocking to me. Again, non-S, so it's only the 2.7 liter engine. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? You've got a Cayman it's that you can just... Car. And probably he just put a lot of road miles. I don't know if he tracked or not. It looks pristine. Hmm, fascinating. Red All exterior, right. gray interior, six-speed manual, $13,500. <laughs> wow, that, that's, a, that's a scary, tempting <laughs> moment there. I, Caymans like are now the price of Fiesta STs. Well, that's well, ca- Caymans are the price of my uh, FRS. That's yeah. the really scary. Now, thing. high miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm liking the Fiesta ST, and my last car here is, of course, the Honda S2000 because mm-hmm. you can find AP1s and 2s for that kind of money, 10 I agree. to 15 all day I long. Agree. You can, yeah. And I don't know. We talk a lot about cars that will maintain their value, Elises, mm-hmm. various BMWs mm-hmm. like the 1M. Could the Honda S2000, is it now in this category of. You know what? You bought it for twelve. You could probably sell it for eleven or twelve. If you find if you find a nice one, if you find a nice one that is close to stock, I think they're just about at their floor. I think the AP twos are going to always hold their value better than the AP ones. I think so too. Uh, but I think they're close to the floor. I think that's good. You went you went the kind of the same route I did, and that is okay. I really do think because the A four does all of the commute duty so well, and it is an adults car. I yeah. say keep it. But then the, the thing that this does, Mark, hopefully, is that you can get a fun car. And I think you should shop kind of with two categories. Get a fun car that you know will be incredibly fun dynamically. I th- still think that the ST is out because I think you should try to get a car that you can share the experience with your fiancé slash upcoming wife. Because mm. and the, the S2000 works. The Cayman kind of works. But the S2000 works. I was going to say get an NC Miata. Good. Get, you, good. you could even, if you want, it's a little oddball in this category, but it, but it does get forgotten a lot. I want to mention it. You could even get a, a late Toyota MR2 Spider. It's kind of interesting. You could get that for ten grand and not even blink. Drive the wheels off that Exactly, thing. exactly. So my, my thinking is, okay, honey, let's put the top down in this car. Let's go for a drive. Let's go get some dinner. It mm-hmm. becomes that car. So it's your fun car, but it's also a car that can be a little bit of an event car for you and your wife. The shared experience be, thing. Yeah. I like that. She, she may never be... A huge car person, but that's, that's still some, that's but that's still fine. something she could appreciate she sat, and enjoy. She, she sat through our icon. Yeah, thing. exactly, and she doesn't hate us completely. But <laughs> exactly. but no, but she, but that's an to experience you could still exactly. That's an experience you could still share with her that she would probably just enjoy. Mm-hmm. Honey, let's just go get some dinner. Let's take the convertible. Let's go. It, it costs you ten grand or fifteen grand, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't work this week, don't turn it into a project car. But if it doesn't work <laughs> this week, it's not the end of the world. It's not like how do I commute Monday? You take the A four. Right, you've got the A four. Yeah. That's the mainstay, mm-hmm. and hang on to that. I'm loving that idea because the A4 is a great car. And yeah, okay, it's not doing it for you like the GTI did. But there's so many options yeah. out there. But unless unless you are a glutton for punishment like I am, honestly, <laughs> when you commute, you don't need the car to be dynamic. You need it to be comfortable and you need it to run and you need it to feel like I can commute in this car. And your A4 does all of that. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your brain might be in different places, thinking yeah. about work, thinking yeah. about whatever. And then save the experience just for that car. Reserve that's that far. That's in far. your life. I mean, that's assume, and I'm, I'm assuming he can do these multiple cars in here because he brought it up. So that's the one I, I fully believe in this mm-hmm. for sure. All right. We'll be right back. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Our second debate here is Curtis in Atlanta, Georgia. Hello, Atlanta. Mm -hmm. He is writing to us after watching the YouTube videos for a while now. And he was just dealing with the recent I-85 collapse, which really screwed up his commute while they were fixing the interstate. Well, not just you, but everybody. I mean, that was horrific to but read thank, about. Thank God he found two guys that just ramble on for an hour to help him Man. in his commute, and he's found us as a result. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he started listening to us. He started listening to Matt on the Smoking Tire podcast mm-hmm. and uh, keeping his sanity, dreaming. He is a car guy who owns a lot of cars. Yeah. And the cool thing is he started out really not growing up with the disease. Mm-hmm. It's only been recently, about seven years ago, when he and a bunch of other IT guys at his work, after seeing a 24 hours of Lemons video, mm-hmm. started their own team. Yep. He was in Dallas at the time. 
and went from zero track experience to then fielding a race team with a Mark One <laughs> Toyota MR2. Fielding a race team. Unbelievable. Yeah. So now he caught the high-performance driving bug, and then after owning few cars in prior 21 years of driving experience, he's owned 21 cars in the last seven years, yeah. which is hilarious. So now he does autocross, he does high-performance driving event, track days, yeah, yeah. and now he's doing instructing new students on weekends. This is amazing. Yeah, this is a guy that is doing a lot of serious driving and is, at this point, about as car diseased as you can get. I mean, the, this is this is a serious case here. Uh, but what we're dealing with is he – I honestly don't know if I have the time to list all the things he owns because there are many. And for yeah. every one he lists – like, he has two Miatas right now, but that's just the two he has currently. There were <laughs> right. other ones he owned prior. It's an ongoing list of enthusiast cars, all of which have been tracked, played with, toyed with – wrenched on i mean these cars have all been there and then of course he has a, a toyota sequoia guess what that's for that's for towing stuff to the track i mean to cement your driving enthusiasm mm-hmm. permanently you own a tow vehicle for track use. <laughs> exactly i mean you're done you're so the big there. debate here the big debate here is okay big commute in atlanta this is not fun it's kind of he's trying to find what mark already has Right. He's looking right. for that car he can commute <laughs> That's in. That's funny. It's the that opposite. That is just exactly. You're right. You want to buy Mark's safe? No, we didn't do that. No, but but he's trying <laughs> to look left, for that baby. car that is an automatic, decent place to be. He doesn't hate owning it, but it's not. Doesn't have to be a track car. Doesn't have to be an enthusiast car. He wants a nice, realistic, automatic sedan because mm-hmm. he doesn't have that. Everything else in his life is either the the tow vehicle or the hoon cars. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. the, I just need a commute vehicle. Let's do that. A lot of Hoon cars. But because of his background, it he has to be halfway decent. He could drive for Hoon.com. He could drive for Hoon.com. We've, we've got dollars to $35,000 to work with. a Miata with a roll cage. He's going to pick you up with a tow vehicle with a Miata in the back and say, which seat do you want? <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Yeah, anyway. Um, so Awesome. Twenty-five to thirty-five grand, and he's looking for a legitimate sedan. And it doesn't even have to be manual. It can be automatic. Mm-hmm. But this is a track guy. So it's not going to be. We're going to recommend the uh, the latest the latest Malibu. That's not going to happen, you know. Right. But uh, so we're going to get something. <laughs> not going to work here anymore. But uh, yeah. So his ideas, both of which are very good, is a 2008 uh, to 11 that that uh, earlier gen ISF Lexus ISF, which mm-hmm. has got that really good V8. I have to say the reason we don't talk about the ISF much, personally speaking, here, the best thing about that car is that V8. The rest of it, yeah. chassis wise, just can't keep up. With the competition, You'd have but the V eight awesome. You wouldn't would. at that point go buy an. But M3. in this case, but in this case, who cares? Right, right. And he's also even he's he's talking directly to me and said he's thought about hmm, could I get a used Chevy SS? You probably could, but I don't know that that's where I'm going to go. I know you're all shocked right now. Pick yourselves off the floor. When I'm not going Chevy SS, <laughs> but he's saying hey, he doesn't have a wife or kids to worry about, so he could if he needed to go nice two plus two style coupe, something along the lines of the Infiniti Q sixty. Or even a, like a 135i BMW. So we're talking about what I would say, those luxury performance sedans. That's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. I agree. I love the 135i idea here. You know, manual or not, I really love that idea. I mean, you mentioned here, Curtis, that he's got shops that he trusts in Atlanta to work on all of his Miatas, his BMWs, and Subarus. And he's looking, you know, not a new a new car, mm-hmm. which is what we're all about which here, helps for sure. Because yeah. of course the depreciation, but mm-hmm. he's not opposed to a lease. And so I'm I'm looking at the 135i. I'm also going to put the Z4M out there on the table. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. manual only from 06 to 08. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you and I just drove one. We just yesterday. drove one, which is why it's on your brain. I have to say that I actually think that car is too aggressive for this scenario. It might be. It might be. But here's a guy who's, you know, the aggression is way up here. Yeah. So yeah. that car might be okay. I'm just it might be. Wondering. It might be. But it's it's going to be difficult mm-hmm. in a commute situation, especially yeah. on I-85. Yeah. And then my last thought here is uh, not an ad, I promise, but I had the opportunity to visit Mark and Matthew with driveclutch.com oh, sure. in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just musing out loud. And hi, I, Mark and Matthew. I see where you're... I hadn't thought of this. Okay. So his budget, again, twenty-five dollars to $35,000. And DriveClutch, if you don't know, just go look them up. And these are a couple of great guys. As a matter of fact, we know about them because Mark reached out to us. Mm-hmm. I got to sit down with them in April 2017 yeah. and talk about their business. They're growing, and they're specifically located in Atlanta. That's an interesting point. I hadn't hadn't thought about those breadcrumbs. You're right. We're, we're talking I'm about wondering. their backyard. That's a good point. It's in his backyard. So if you go to 
go to the website here and their trailblazer package here is 750 bucks a month. And you should look at the vehicles that are available. As a matter of fact, Lexus and BMW are in there. Mustangs. I mean, he's got trucks available. He's got... For those of you that aren't on a website right now, this is think of it like fractional car ownership. You've heard of fractional jet ownership exactly where you pay right. into a company and you get a private jet that isn't being used right now to get you from where... And it could always be a different jet in those fractional jet ownership things. This mm-hmm. is kind of, not exactly, but it's kind of, I'm trying to shorthand it here, That's kind of the same idea for cars. So we're talking about a situation here where Curtis could theoretically call up the, the company and say, I need a this for my commute this weekend. That, that yep. is possible. I could see where that goes. I'm just putting this out there. And again, they are genuine fans and friends of the show. Yeah. Hi, Mark and Matthew. And they're in Atlanta. That's and why this works. Atlanta. That's why this That's works. They're, they're there. Just, yeah, for sure. Curtis seems like a perfect candidate he could be. for this. I could see that. And try it out. And if, yeah, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And but. then they can't figure out why they just got their car back with bald tires that just did a track day. What, what did we do? <laughs> because it's Curtis. Because you gave it to Curtis. That's why. Right. He anyway, pulls up I'm in the track tow vehicle without a car on the back, and they get worried. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I, well, you've got the Toyota Sequoia to tow the car back. To, to tow the, whatever. Uh, yeah, it tows it back with no tires left. That's perfect. Exactly. Uh, yeah, they're going to love that. Um, that's the endorsement they wanted. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I actually thought of uh, thought of a few here that I think would be interesting. Okay. And I really tried to stay... I really tried to say, what's a nice car to be in? What's a nice car to be seen in? It isn't bad dynamically, but I just thought, what's got some some power, some personality, maybe? Maybe just some really nice, classy styling. But if you just sat there, you were like, this is a nice place to be. And I think you're on a good track here, Curtis, with the Q60. Hmm. Uh, I think that's a good one. I think that, And that kind of led me to some other ideas. I like your ISF, but I'm going to say, look at the current IS 350F Sport. That car's better than you think. I know suddenly you go from a track guy to now you're driving a Lexus sedan. That may seem a little weird, but that IS in the F-Sport setup is actually pretty good. Nice place to be. It's one of those cars, when we first drove it, we drove it with the ATS and we drove it with the BMW, and we kind of felt like the the IS was the best because it was the one that kind of got eights across the board. The other two had a 10 over here and a 5 and that kind of thing. The Lexus was just Really, Solid, really pretty right good in all the, the categories. Yeah. So it had to win. So I think that's a worthwhile one. I, I am going to say Cadillac ATS, but I'm going to say Cadillac ATS Coupe. Oh, that's kind of interesting. With the magnetic ride is so Looks awesome. interesting. Looks interesting. Is not common. Great chassis. Dynamic. Just get it automatic and go enjoy yourself. I think that's a good one. And then the other one I have, a little bit wild card. What about an Audi S5? Ooh, I like that a lot. Great commute car, but also just a cool-looking car, good engine under the hood, nice place to be. He can deal with a coupe. I say Audi S5 for me is way up there. S5, you could find them in that range now, and that would still be with a V8 because the later S5s had a supercharged V6, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that would be really cool. Wow. I love it. All right, Curtis. Hopefully this is helpful to you. And uh, thank you both for writing in. If you've got your own debate, everydaydriver.com or, excuse me, yes, everydaydriver.com on the website. Mm -hmm. Contact page, yep. Or everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Either place. It winds up in that same email funnel either way. We would love to have you write to us. We do read all of them. That's a scary sentence with the volume we have coming in, but we genuinely do. We won't get to all of you, but please keep writing in because we are doing, we're doing two a podcast. That's four a week. It adds up. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Jumping right to questions here. We've got so many and uh, recording a couple days before you hear this. So thanks for writing in, guys. Really, really appreciate all your questions so much. All right. So today is the Austrian Grand Prix. And Sam V313 on Instagram is asking us, do we like and watch Formula One? Mm-hmm. And what do we think about the sport? Have we ever been to the race? I have been to the Monaco Grand Prix in 2014. I loved it. Say what you want about Formula One, and it's boring and on and on. But I look at IndyCar as pure entertainment. Okay. The technology that is used in IndyCar does not necessarily trickle down to road cars. Fair. In Formula One, this is an entirely different story. Hmm. Okay. Not only is it entertainment... But it's a sport in which the technology invented will maybe, not always, but some of it might find its way into the road cars because of the OEMs participating in the sport. It can be a test bed. I see where you're going. I see where you're going. Somewhat of a test bed, and it takes years. And I see that 
continuing more and more. And I'm even more intrigued with Audi getting out of Le Mans, but now mm. jumping into Formula E. Yeah. And again, yeah. not Formula One, but Formula E over here. Yeah. And developing electric vehicles with whose technology will trickle down to road cars. You see well, the lineage yes. in the FIA racing. You do. Rather than the IndyCar and the NASCARs of the world. I see that. I, I also have to say real quick that, of course, Audi is getting into Formula E because it now looks really bad to have a TDI car driving around, <laughs> Le, uh, driving around Le Mans. <laughs> you think? And if, if you do some damage control there, what do we do? We'll race full electric. There's some, there's some marketing there's, spin there's, there's going some spin, on there, but yes. it is interesting anyway. I, I'm all about Formula One. I love just the the tech and the nuance yeah. and all that stuff. I don't like the driver egos and the infighting, but you find that in any sport, so well, whatever. Well, that's the case. I mean, those but, guys uh, are at upper level, so that happens. I'd love of to course. see Alonso have a great car under him because mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to leave. I, I really do. That's but, an interesting point, yeah. Well, I but it. I also think one of the reasons you like Formula One as much as you do is because the first race you went to was at Monaco. I did kind of start at the and top. And that's an insane place to be yeah. to see a Formula One race, to see anything, by the way, let alone Formula yeah. One. So I can see that. I, I find it fascinating. Uh, <laughs> the poor I, people have 150-foot yachts. Exactly. Because the rich people that's, have 305-foot yachts. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> Never have you had money put into ridiculous lack of perspective <laughs> that's showing up in Monaco at any time during the year. Uh, uh, yeah, what? Not here. Here's a terribly frightening sentence. What? Park City. We are both very blessed to live here. Yes. Is a place of money. Park City is a place where I think everybody else that lives here, at least it feels like it, has a lot more than we do. Oh but yes. But no place on the planet can can make you feel like where I live doesn't have much money. Like going to Monaco. <laughs> When my wife and I went from Park City to Monaco, we walked around going, everything here is so expensive, and how do these people have this much money? And then I kept thinking, I did come here from Park City. It's true. Which is crazy. Perspective, right? Yeah, definitely. It is quite quite nuts. Um, the thing about it for me is I would like to see – I would like to see technology that is not completely tied down in, in Formula One. I'd like to see a team show up that has done something so out there that they blow everybody away. I realize Mercedes kind of did that with the current rules. They did. Other teams have now caught up. Yeah, but I wish there was a lot more of that where it was just, you tried that crazy thing and it worked? That would be cool. I guess you see that more in Le Mans than you do in Formula One. I guess I I kind of wish that was present in in F1, but I know that would be very difficult to do. Yeah, no, I see it. A little bit more of a Wild West, but still yeah. trying to corral mm-hmm. safety from a safety standpoint yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, Lamar is up there too. I mean, yeah. just unbelievable. The endurance just alone. Uh, we talked about Audi quite a bit tonight, and uh, actually in our first debate, you may remember Mark was talking about, should I tune my A4? That made me think I should talk about Jose's uh, question he wrote in on Facebook. Thank you, sir. You wrote in and you said you have an Audi B7 generation A4. Mm-hmm. You really would like to have a B7 RS4. Should you take your A4 and try to make it into an RS4? No, sir, you should not. Mm. In general, if there is a – and again, it comes down to that modding thing. You're going to put money in it to try to get it somewhere. And you are, that's the other thing you have to think about is development that these companies do. The amount of development hours they put in is will trump any amount of development hours you will ever put into any project ever. Yeah, right. So the amount of development hours you would take to try to make your A4 an RS4, here's the thing. If a car company makes a well-loved, impressive performance car, you may as well just get the factory-sorted one. Agreed. I would say just get an R- – if you really want an RS4 and you can, and, and the money it would take you to mod it, you could get an RS4. So I think you just get the better car. Agreed. The Vesartis on Instagram asks okay. us, what do Hyundai and Kia need to do to gain more respect from us enthusiasts? Hmm. I talk about Hyundai and Kia a fair amount, I feel like. Yeah, you do. I have a lot of love for Kia, as a matter of fact. And you've got to admit, by following the design team, they're producing some awesome stuff right now. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're not aware, there's a brand coming out within Hyundai that is the N brand. It stands for Namyang, which is the place where the Hyundai Motor Global R&D Center is located. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be the high-performance Mm N-branded models, much like AMG, M brand from BMW, mm-hmm. uh, RS and S from Audi. Quadrifolio for Alfa Romeo. Exactly it's that right. V series from Cadillac. Absolutely. Yep. This is the performance brand coming to Hyundai. I am excited about this. I cannot wait. I think it's going to bring the wood to Mazda because Mazda Speed went away. <laughs> they are bringing the noise, okay. baby. Right. Let's see. Let's I see. I cannot wait. And they've got a huge flagship building at the Nurburgring. Mm-hmm. 
And honestly, I think Kia is well positioned to bring bring a new Honda S2000 to market and I'm do glad you what said that. that car did mm-hmm. and make it a Kia and everybody would freak out and yeah. buy it. Yeah. At least enthusiasts wanting the 10 to 15 because yeah. Kia could do it brand new. Yeah. Well, that's the, you know what? That's actually, I think you've touched on something that I think then has to has to trickle down. Here's my here's my point. I agree with you. It'd be interesting if they made a Honda S two thousand quality sports car. Can you imagine? But think about it this way, though. Think about the MX five, the Miata, compared to the rest of Mazda. You we talked about this on our Generations of Miata piece. You made made an interesting commentary about the fact that the Miata defines the brand. The Miata comes out in eighty nine. Yeah. And yeah. suddenly Mazda, who maybe you were a fan before, maybe you'd never heard of them before, but now Mazda has got this sports car everyone is talking about. Yeah. And then yeah. using that as kind of the point of the spear, if you will, that began to inform the dynamics of all of their cars. And they are still a brand that is known. They're not the biggest, they're not the sexiest, they're not the most expensive or yeah. prestigious, but their cars in general are dynamically great. What if Hyundai and Kia did that? You drop an S2000 quality car or even an MX-5 quality car, yeah. either one. You drop that, and then you let those dynamics not only speak for themselves, but then trickle through your sedans, your SUVs. Let those dynamics go. Enthusiasts would love them. But the key is to get that undeniably, wow, this car is surprising all of us, enthusiast car to lead the charge. I love that idea. I mean, can you imagine if Kia had the ST version of you know, whatever their sure. small car was, sure. or, you know, ideally two-door, mm-hmm. long hood, you know, the, the recipe, a manual yeah. transmission with rear-wheel drive, and people could tune it, and on and on and on, and Kia could do it for such a low cost. And we know they won't sell big volumes of a car like that. We know they won't. We've talked about it up one side They're and down well the other. They've got but the world they cars. Can they've got the sedans and the SUVs and the, sure. the sure, bread-and-butter sure. cars already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've got that stuff. Yeah. And they could introduce electric technology in that platform. They could all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, I don't know that any car company is all that concerned with enthusiasts first right now, but that would be the way to get there for sure. I mean, we like to think so, but yeah. you're right. The uh, the people actually running the business, because they're not a charity organization, they have to make money. <laughs> they probably They're glad agree. the cars look nice, but that's not their concern. Yeah, uh, you see Michael's question on Facebook. I had to acknowledge it real quick. He said, if we were to Lexify a Honda dog, <laughs> does it become an Acura? Yes, it's Acura Pup. That's the answer. Uh, of course it becomes it is. Acura Pup. I'm leaving Thank that there. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, Brian Penn on Facebook has asked if we've either had a time in our lives and we've questioned our profession and seriously contemplated a career change. What day is it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Looking at my watch. No, uh, we've got a guy uh, in a coffee club that Todd and I are part of here. Hello, Basam. Uh, we are uh, in this coffee club and there's been a guy in there who has said that he thinks you should change a career, change your career every eight years. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of crazy. I, I thought, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. Are you sure? Because, you know, so many people and younger people now in droves and, and it's continuing. I mean, my grandfather, your grandfather, yeah. did his thing for however many years until yeah. he passed away. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was started at Kroger and finished as the vice president of marketing 43 years later. Yeah. That is what he did. My grandfather was a farmer and a trucker his entire life. My dad worked for ExxonMobil for over 40 years. Unbelievable. It's madness. I think my dad changed careers, but it, he was in real estate and insurance. Mm-hmm. So it was not necessarily, I mean, real estate first, then insurance later, but he would change insurance agencies. And it's more companies than, than companies yeah, rather area. than sure, entire, sure, sure. Yeah. you know, different things. But yeah, it's interesting. This guy in the coffee club that, uh, that has talked about, and he started years ago and has changed careers like four or five times. And that's his, his way to approach life change a career every eight years. And that has you and I, it's kind of like been a, a worm in our brain. We're going, yeah. huh. Now, all of that to say, all of that to say, I think the show remains a constant. You and I have had these Absolutely. debates in our outside of the show careers. Um, but, I mean, I've dabbled in all kinds of things. I mean, I've always been entertainment related, but I've dabbled more in writing and I've dabbled more in editing and then I'm directing for, for a season. I mean, I've done a lot of that stuff because I just love it. I ultimately am a storyteller. That's the thing I would struggle mm-hmm. with. I don't think I could stop being a storyteller tomorrow and be okay. But I like that you've got the diversity of you've directed feature-length films. Sure. You've written well over 20 screenplays. Yes, True. You've edited all kinds of different things, including mm-hmm. all of our content. Yeah. You've done voiceover work. You've done, yes, you're right, but they're all creative related and they, yeah. there's a thread in there. Yeah. But even though it's not necessarily a career change, it's all this creative entertainment related mm-hmm. kinds mm-hmm. of things. 
I kind of feel like I have the same thing from a design perspective. Sure. I've designed products. I've designed furniture. I could see myself just building cool furniture and, you know, having an artistic approach. And, you know, I've had discussion yeah, yeah. with friends about, would you rather design six really amazing high-end kitchens and sell them for $250,000 each? Or would you rather design, you know, the next chair that's used by school children worldwide <laughs> that they make millions and millions that and millions millions of, of copies it, are not made. great but they made it's so many right you can't you can't help but trip over them i get that i've I had that. you know i've had those kinds of discussions yeah, yeah. and i thought you know i'm i'm building stairs in my garage and i'm thinking i love you know there's there's ideas of, of furniture i want to build my own house yeah. and it just takes time and all that kind of stuff but I, I could see that, but then you're right. This is a mainstay for us because this is a creative outlet. Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. love talking about cars. I love where the future of cars is going, especially right now from the tech and the electric and the ride sharing and low gas prices yeah. and too many cars on the road and flying cars and where is it all going? You're much more intrigued in that than I am. So I really just want a nice car and a back road, leave me alone. But but you and I are a little bit different there. But but I you know, I will come back to the honest answer to this question though is absolutely I've debated my career choice before. Mm -hmm. And I have because being a creative guy, there really is no roadmap. Nobody does it the right. same way twice. And I have friends who are extremely successful accountants, friends who are extremely successful lawyers, yeah. and they are on a career path. If I do this, then it results in this, then it results in this level, I'll be paid at this level. This, this amount. MBA results they in can that just, career trajectory. Yeah, and and you know these are people that are very hardworking and have a skill set that I don't have. I fully admit that. But they are on a track that they can go, these things add up to be this level. There is no such thing in the entertainment world. That's true. No two people That's have true. got the same path to the same, and I'm putting this in air quotes, success. Define success in the entertainment world. I don't even know what it is. Everybody's definition is even different. So that is a thing that every now and then, as a creative guy, I've just kind of gone, okay, I'm tired of beating my head against the wall. What's the actual career path that has an A, B, C, D, E? That, let's just do that for a bit. Mm -hmm. I don't ever do it, but that's what I've debated. I've debated that too. I, I like the fact that I've had you know various you know, things, different things to design. I've got friends at car companies, as mm -hmm. you guys know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got one friend who's been with Honda for 20 years now. Amazing. And at car companies, especially conservative Japanese car companies like mm -hmm. this, they're not getting fired. They're not going anywhere. Sure. They will sure. Yeah. end their careers they at Honda. Career there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a strange jump to keep jumping around. There's a lot of guys at GM who are trying to be poached by all the Chinese-funded electric car startups, and a lot of them stayed at GM because yeah, they knew, lifers, yeah. well, there's there's a lot of turmoil out there, but yeah, I got yeah, a good yeah. thing going on here. Mm. I mean, I like the diversity of things, and I've definitely considered that too, but it's not like I'm going to run out and be a chef tomorrow or you know, do something <laughs> like that. It's no one wants that for me, for sure. Yeah, I'm I, good at toast, exactly. right? Well done. I'm good yes. at Cheerios and toast, so leave me alone. Uh, yeah, I've contemplated this too, but I like where you and I are going from uh, from the show perspective and the things that it can lead us into. I'm really intrigued by that. Another quick question here from uh, Damien on Facebook. He said, what has better acceleration, Volkswagen GTI or brand new Toyota 86? And the answer every single time will be that GTI. <laughs> The 86 will get destroyed every single pull from the light. You're talking about yeah. brand new 2017s in stock form. Damien, if we're talking just acceleration, the, the the 86 is going to lose to almost anything you put on the other half of that equation. You can just make a spreadsheet and just whatever you put on the, le on the left side that's not the 86 will probably be faster. The reason you buy that car is the back roads and the fun because anytime you get on a back road, pretty much anybody you can think of will have trouble sticking with that car if driven well. Yeah. The 86 is that good yeah. in that oh, yeah. scenario. But if we're talking acceleration, uh, congratulate, you will lose. And I just embrace it. I just, I, there was that day I pulled onto an on-ramp next, next to a guy in a Tesla Model S. And, of course, yeah. my car sounds like it's angry and going to go quickly. And this guy decided to show me something by putting his foot in it in the Model S. And I just I, – I didn't even roll him. But I did. I waved in the car and I'm like, sir, no part of me thought we were having a race. No part of me thought. You could be driving the 60D, pulling a van, and you still would have passed me. Pulling another 60D. Yes, exactly. That's not what this car's for. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. All right, a quick question from Scott D. on Instagram, who asked me about an exterior design. I talk about exterior design quite a bit. You're right. But he's asking about an interior design of cars 
because this is going to become important as we move to our autonomous boring pods. Yeah. What you don't know, or maybe you do know this already, but just about every car company on the planet creates scenarios that you and I will never see. I know of a few, but they create such specific scenarios. Sally. Sally has two friends. They have one dog. The three of them go to <laughs> concerts and they do this thing. I'm serious. They create yeah. these scenarios. They create designs around it mood boards, image boards, they do animated scenarios and films, internal feature films to present this to executives yeah. and they decide yeah. and use product planners to decide Here's where are we car going Sally as an industry. Needs. Uh, yes. Yeah. And then that's integrated with, you know, what can we do as far as manufacturing and how does this meet the other needs of Wow. Not every wow. car company is building a world car. Does everybody need an X four from BMW? I don't even know who that car is for. But they're selling <laughs> but them. But BMW and knows. And BMW made a scenario yes. that resulted in the X four. You're so right. Correct. Absolutely. So if we've established this, then that means the interior in the future has got to be about the experience and bringing mm. people together. Because mm. right now we're so disconnected and we're ignoring each other. I mean, I see couples at dinner and they're both on their phone and I'm going... And it makes me sad. Oh it makes gosh. me sad. Yeah. So what about road trips in the future and, mm -hmm. you know, technology bringing us together where our phones are still part of it, but we're able to talk to each other now. And maybe autonomous cars are actually bringing hmm. communication, bringing people together, strange as that may be. It's a nice idea. I can't imagine it happening, but it is a nice idea. I mean, idea. imagine yeah. kids interacting on a window and an overlay of a, of a screen on the window. Sure, so they sure, see out yeah, the glass yeah. and they've got a touch screen on the window and they can play the whatever modern equivalent of a slug bug is and you know find out roadmaps and, and information. They touch on that tree going by and it tells you the type of tree and they're learning and all this kind of stuff. It's going to about That's a tech fantastically pie of the sky variation. I do it's, like it. It's out there. And let's be honest, uh, if you have any kids under 10, you're going to have a completely fingerprinted window anyway, so you may as well have yes. them touch the window for a purpose. And I like this dog idea. dog nose prints on yeah, it, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be about tech bringing, it, bringing people together and, and having an experience inside the car. Car manufacturers are all about creating an experience, a scenario, mm -hmm. and then dissecting that. And is this good? And wow. Are we going in the right yeah. direction? Yeah. And mm -hmm. then bring tech and you know using good materials to, to develop that. But you're right. It's all about the interior from here on out. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Uh, let's see. Uh, Cone Killer Chronicles. There's an IG. Wow. Uh, he has asked a question. That's an, I, I really appreciate you breaking this down. You said that we recommend the BMW M235i a lot. And then often, sometimes in the exact same podcast, in sentences to follow, we will warn people about buying an old BMW. Sure. And sure. so his question is, how do both exist? Is that because the M235 is still new enough that you can buy a used one and we don't think it's a place to be concerned? Or are there certain BMWs that are more reliable? In general, and again, this is in general. I know there are exceptions to every rule. In general, high mileage BMWs just cost you money to run them. They just mm -hmm. they need stuff. And, you know, the guys that the guys that we know that have gorgeous, we used them in Icon, gorgeous E46 BMWs. That's the M3. That's a car that's been on kind of my personal. If I had 20 cars, that would be in the garage car. Sure. That's absolutely on there. That E46 is fantastic. Every one of them talks about, well, let me give you the laundry list of the stuff I've fixed on this car. <laughs> now, don't take away <laughs> the fact. Starting with the subframe. Exactly. Don't, take away, exactly. don't take away the fact that the car's amazing. But these are guys that just love these cars, have the money and the interest to put money into them, and they're just like, yeah, when something breaks, I just fix it, and here's what it costs. That becomes a scary conversation quickly. I've known plenty of guys with old 5 Series and old 7s that they love, and they keep them running, and you can literally ask them what they've done this month. Mm. So there is a category where these cars are fun and they, they have personalities and clearly people create love stories with them. So it's worth it if you're up for it. But a lot of people writing to us, I think they just want to get a car that they can buy and love and it'll just run. And I think that's a scary scenario for BMWs. The M235i specifically, yes. In general, I think they're new enough to not be in a danger zone for miles. The other thing that makes me feel like I can confidently recommend it is our friends at RSR. Okay. They've got... I mean, they, they've got kind of one of anything you can rent. Sure. But what I find interesting is the cars they have a fleet of. There are two, the Renault Megane and the M235i BMW. Right. What that tells me is those cars run because they've had other cars in their fleet that they get one or two, and they aren't reliable enough, and they dump them. Mm -hmm. Sure. So the that's fact that good, they have a fleet of both those cars, test. that tells me. Now, like granted, this. they have mechanics on staff, but if those cars are going to be money pits, they wouldn't keep them. 
Because they're not profitable to run a business. Exactly. So they are taking M235Is. We did it last year on our pilgrimage trip. When we, You remember this. When the day was over, we walked around every M235I that our group brought, and all of the tires were done. Oh, yeah. And they started baked. the day, brand new tires. End of the day, tires were done. So that means these cars are getting hooned and getting seriously worked, and they'll be back tomorrow. That says to me, buy an M235i and try to drive the wheels off it. I concur. I'm with you. That's really interesting. And, yeah, high-mileage BMWs, you've got to pour money into them. But that seems to be the trend. I, they can be worth it, but that seems to be the trend of the people we know. I'm just wondering, with the proliferation and advent of electric cars that are essentially maintenance-free vehicles... They're supposed to be. ...that will change the perception for the worse towards gasoline-powered cars that need maintenance and need attention, and people will become uh, apathetic, lazy. And if they have been used to that and then they still own a gasoline-powered car hmm. and expect it hmm. to be as maintenance-free as this one, yeah. and just that general outlook and attitude towards Maybe. them, will Maybe. that cause you know, even more problems because with German cars, it's easy to be lazy with those because you think, yeah. oh, it's going to run like a Honda. Well, it needs maintenance. It needs yeah. stuff. They're thoroughbreds, and they require yeah. more effort. Yeah, just, for sure. I wonder about Interesting. that. Interesting. Not proven. Well, Lee, we will leave things right there, guys. Thank you so much for listening and following along. Uh, what do we need to wrap up with here? Films. Films on Vimeo. Yep. Haven't talked about those for a That's while. That's true. And That's Amazon. True. All four of our films. We're getting ready to shoot another one for 2017. Yet In to be announced, else, but yeah, we're, we're working, we're working on, on that. And the pilgrimage trip, as we said again, we'd love to have you. We're starting to work on the in-the-U.S. trips as well, but yep. the pilgrimage is the granddaddy, and we definitely for want sure. you there for some for sure. track time. Guys, thank you so much. Looking forward to next time. Cheers. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you will certainly send any text about your supervisor to your supervisor. What's with Janet's bangs? Did she lose a bet with a weed whacker? <laughs> LOL. And sent. Wait, no, 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 no. Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. Janet, I think my phone was hacked or something. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks. Prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.